Hey y'all, and welcome to Southern Fried Spooky, the podcast home of all things Southern Spooky. And this week, medical? Medical. I'm your Carolina girl, Heather. And I'm your Florida man, Tony. We would like to invite you to our virtual porch to drink something cool and refreshing and uh, leave us some comments on our Facebook page and Mm -hmm. some likes and maybe even a five-star review on your podcast platform of choice. So last year... Mm-hmm. Um, I won't. I could give dates, but I don't know if that helps. But episodes twenty three and twenty four, we featured Brad Lee alone, and then again with his group Pirates Royale. He plays Indeed. Fletcher Moon. If you recall, he shared with us some vivid tales of his college days and his haunted experiences. Brad is a great storyteller for ghost stories, as well as a performer at the Carolina Renaissance Festival. And various other ones. Maryland, Virginia, West Virginia. Yeah. And he was on our Halloween Campfire Stories episode. Mm-hmm. So if you've seen him perform or just heard him through our podcast, you know he sings, he lectures, he tells amazing stories, and has a glorious gift for the gab. Indeed. And I know many people who fancy themselves storytellers who could put an insomniac to sleep. Brad is one that I could find fascinating were he to read VCR instructions, probably. Probably. Now, a few months ago, in February, he had a stroke. And you can imagine how frightening and devastating that would be for anyone, really. But especially someone who makes his life and living by singing and speaking. Mm-hmm. One of his bandmates explains it thus. On February 8th this year, he went to Caramount Regional Medical Center in Gastonia because he suddenly could not speak and he could not move his right arm or leg smoothly. He was there for six days. Any stroke is bad, but we who know Brad know that to lose the eloquent, affable, jovial, gregarious part of himself would be completely devastating. He couldn't sing. He couldn't joke, at least not in a way that we could understand. Things looked bad, but Brad's care was exceptional, and the ability of his brain to recover inspiring. He came home able to walk, and at least talk more clearly, and with frequent physical, occupational, and speech therapy, he is making a miraculous recovery. Around the end of May, uh, he messaged me to ask if he could come back to talk about his experience. His message read, I'd like to have a chat about my stroke recovery experience. I've had remarkable and fascinating experience that is still in progress and currently includes my being back on stage at VARF, that's Virginia Renaissance Festival. This has been a true odyssey for me, and I'd like to share it, if for no other reason than to maybe offer something hopeful to anyone else going through it. My late husband was a medical anomaly and would occasionally run into people dealing with similar situations to his and he would happily discuss his experiences living with a feeding tube while otherwise ambulatory and reasonably healthy because he always wants other people to have as much information as possible. Now, as strokes are much more common than feeding tubes, the hope is that this will be able to help some people. And once again, this is not exactly traditionally spooky, but I imagine it's plenty scary for those who experience it, and for those of us in the U.S., the medical bills equally so. Indeed. So, we are welcoming back our good sir, Brad Lee. Yay! Welcome! Oh, uh, hi. (laughs) (laughs) Happy to be back. Hope you guys are doing well. We are. We're we're keeping in there. You know, pretty much that's about what we're doing. Hanging in there. Yep. It is what one does. It does. (laughs) Uh, Well, we try at least. Because if you don't hang in there, you fall. No, that's true. Right? Exactly. 
it's not the fall that gets you, it's the sudden stop at the bottom, wherever <laughs> the bottom may be. So it, most of the questions are kind of broad and very open-ended, so answer as you like. But my first one was, I'm sure the, it'll be a short, quick answer. But they're not about open-ended broads, by the way. Oh, Lord. <laughs> See what you did there. Oh, my gosh. So... You had a very bad day, it seems, in February. Would you care to explain what happened as you experienced it? Sure. We'll call it the ordeal. The ordeal. The ordeal. Yes. The ordeal. <laughs> yeah. I um I woke up uh on the morning of February the eleventh and I realized that I had had a stroke. Um mainly because I had lost my ability to uh use my voice. I uh Happily, I was still able to drive myself to the emergency room, which, yes, in retrospect, was probably not the best thing to do. <laughs> well, <laughs> but um, uh, anyway, that's what I did, and I got the emergency room, and and um, so started my ordeal. Um, I I lost my ability to use my voice. I could make sounds. I just could not control them. The best I could do, uh, I, 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 uh, yeah. Oh yeah. It was horrible. It was horrible. And my face had a droop on the right side. So basically in, in the space of one morning, I saw what, what has always defined me, what I have always define myself with my ability to use my voice and shape my face was gone just gone i had lost it entirely and um i i thought my life was over honestly very scary oh jesus anybody who's heard you and and seen you perform and 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 everything knows that that is a part of you so it is very scary I've never been so frightened uh, and I've never been so profoundly affected by something in the way that I was affected by this because my treatment started immediately. And mind you, I had not seen a doctor in almost 20 years, not since I last had insurance. Well, Um, yeah, (laughs) I had really sweet insurance at one time. Um, anyway, a lot of things came to light uh, about my health that really shouldn't have been that big a s- surprise. So, of all the things that could have caused my stroke, uh, hypertensive as Paul Brucho. Okay. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, type 2 diabetes. As I, uh, my cholesterol high as my Fargan rides. Oh, and um, I, I, I smoked tobacco at that time as four in the funking morning. And (laughs) (laughs) so I I just had a long list of things choose, you know, uh, basically. I, you poison all of them. <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, what caused this? 
because I have always treated my body like the temple that it is. <laughs> if you know anything about ancient Greek and Roman history, yeah. you, ah, know, yes. they, they, you know the meaning I'm talking yep. about here. Yep. Indeed, indeed. Oh, man. Well, well, you have it. It was a happy temple, a really happy temple. Yep. So, yeah, um, all that came to roost. I've altered my diet radically, and I've been going to uh, my physical therapy, my occupational therapy, my speech therapy. I've been working really hard on my own working on things. Um, I've been talking with anybody and everybody I can who knows what they're talking about to find out uh, vocal exercises I'm, I'm not familiar with. Yeah. Uh, um, so that's been my life every day has been working on these things. And I'm really happy to say that once the recovery started, it's been tiny incremental improvements, but it's been daily, every day. That's every great. Day. That is great. Well, I tell you, it's been a, a torturous process, but I'm seeing the progress and I'm seeing it happen. Uh, I'm experiencing it. So I know it's happening. Uh, and that gives me heart because one of the things I've found out about strokes um, and I know this for a fact from friends of mine who have been through it, you are very likely to slip into really dark, dark places in your mind when this happens. And it's a s struggle not to do that. I'm happy that I've been able to really concentrate on how grateful I am that I've been getting better. I just keep reminding myself of that. Also, uh, I remind myself of having Leanne in my life because I could not get through this if I were alone, uh, honestly. So I've been able to stave off the depression happily. Um, also, that's amazing because depression is a sneaky thing. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. And me and depression are just like that. Oh yeah. They call yeah, them the depression ninjas for a reason. <laughs> they just, they just, yeah, right? on <laughs> Oh man. Uh, I've had some sneak attacks and some very low, frightening moments, but I've always been able to dig myself out. Um, thankfully. I think with any kind of loss or near loss or experience like that, you have these moments where it's just very normal to go like, oh, why me? And well, yeah. you know, eventually you pull yourself out and go like, all right, well, why not me, I guess? <laughs> well, well I've had some moments uh, this past fall. Uh, by the end of my annual season, which coincides with the end of our season at, at Carolina, um, I had some revelations that last year I had come up with a lot of uh, new ideas for my act. And I was really excited about that. And I had, um, I had experienced this, this, uh, this, rebirth of excitement about uh, making for the act and it's always fun I, I worked some things out that that were working really well um i had uh started a new set 
that I did that every afternoon that actually got a lot of return uh, people who just wanted to hear me do that particular set and that particular history. Awesome. <laughs> you know, because evidently I was really doing it. And um, I had started losing weight. Uh, so I felt by the end of the season, uh, the end of November, I felt like, oh, man, what a great year. This is fantastic. And then February happened. And wow. That's not the kind of reinforcement you want. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, I needed it because even though I was losing weight, the doctors said that had I not lost the 30 or so pounds I had lost, I I probably would have died. And that told me that I just needed to um, keep that up and take that as a warning shot. So that's what I did. I mean, we used to have a saying um, when we were, when as an EMT, you kind of look at people and you say, it can always be worse. Yeah. Hmm. It can always be worse. Period. Well, yeah. Yeah. And I had to remind myself that on a regular basis, because let's face it, I lost my voice, my ability to use my voice and everything. I lost uh, some of my my physical ability in the right side of my body, but I could still walk. I could still do things. Yeah. I could still button my shirt. I could still tie my shoes. I was very lucky. I was so lucky. I should have been dead, and I wasn't. And um, that's because you're stubborn. Well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> There's a lot to be said for being stupidly stubborn. Exactly. <laughs> I had talked with you guys earlier about doing this talk. Yeah. And then it was just shy of my my fair season starting up with uh, the uh, Virginia Renaissance Fair, which I I do uh, the full run. That's a five-weekend show. And uh, that started in May. So that was actually the first bit of work that I, I had not canceled because I was taking a gamble that I would be at a point, while not fully recovered, I would be at a point where I would be able to do my act. That was only, and, like, what, two, three months? Yeah. That was... Uh, How'd that go? <sighs> it, it, well, it was frightening. Oh, yeah, 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 One yeah, of yeah. the reasons that I did not get back in touch with you as, earlier, as early as I planned on, because I realized... I had gone down a rabbit hole um, with agreeing to do Virginia, which I thought I could postpone this and give myself a little more time to heal. But I thought, no, I, I can't do that. In this business, that's almost a dangerous thing to do. It's risky. Oh, yeah. Uh, especially, I mean, I'm 61. And I had a stroke. All I could think of was people saying, Oh, yeah, I heard about Brad. That's a real shame. 
He had a good run, though. <laughs> and I could just so see that happening. Uh, I'm not saying it's not happening now. Uh, but happily, I did have a lot of support from my fans. So I have no regrets for doing it now. But going into it, oh, my God. Oh, yeah. That's like ball shrink, ball shrinkingly scary. Yes. Wow. Yes. yes. <laughs> exactly. Completely sucked up into the yep. torso. Yep. Yes. Like, was this just you, or was this also full Pirates Royale? Well, see, uh, apart from my doing the full run of that fair, the Pirates Royale do one weekend every year so it was also my first foray back with the band too um fortunately with the band i did not have all the anxieties i had with my solo act because with the band it's a lot easier to rest heartily on the shoulders of my friends yeah your friends got your back Yes. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, uh, That being said, I did really well. Um, Good. I I went into that fair with, I'd say, a recovery rate of about 65%. And by the end of that run, I had made it up to 75 to 80%. Yes. the following weekend, I did my first weekend ever at the West Virginia Ooh. Festival. Um, that was a lot of fun. I really enjoyed it. Uh, it sounds like they're going to have me back. Um, awesome. Somewhere around 75% then. Uh, if I were to guess, I'd say now I'm like around 85%. And I'm hoping that I go through with the full recovery by um, well, they really said that uh, you have a window of optimally 10 months for your brain to uh, make new pathways and to heal itself from the stroke. So my 10 months will be up probably the end of CRF, uh, the end of November. Yep. Because your brain suddenly decides, eh, I'm happy with how things are. <laughs> uh, yeah, you know. your brain being the meat computer that it is works yeah. on its own time, so. Yeah. Now, I tell you, my brain's been working its ass off, and I cannot complain about the slow nature of my recovery. But I can complain about how unnerving it is because, you know, I want it to be done. I want that worry to be gone. Do you think you still sound like yourself or do you think you sound like something different when you sing now? I mean, because I've heard people of having strokes who do not believe they sound like themselves at all anymore. That has been a very difficult part of my process for me to deal with because, um, I've been painfully aware of the differences that exist. And one of the reasons I I did not contact you guys uh, earlier on, like I had planned to was the more I thought about it, 
the more my voice in my head was not right. Gotcha. Understood. It wasn't right yet. Uh, I was, I was highly functioning and, um, I, uh, I was able to do my act at the Virginia fair and the West Virginia fair. Um, but it wasn't, it wasn't my optimal version. It was, yeah, it was, it was like I was just phoning it in. You know, it's, it, I wasn't, oh my God, I wasn't. But to me, it seemed like that's how it, it came across. Now, I got a lot of positive feedback, especially people who saw me that very first weekend uh, through to five weeks later. And, and they, they mentioned about the improvement that they saw me go through. Uh, and that was great. I really appreciated hearing that because um, I wasn't hearing a voice in my head that I was happy with. Uh, every month I've been hosting a, uh, a folk sing here in Gastonia. And um, I had to miss the one in February because something I mean, happened. Obviously, <laughs> yeah, obviously. <laughs> I was able to claw my way back on on uh, March. Uh, you know, the, the the following month. Every month has been an improvement over the previous month. I'd say now I feel like. The thing that we have this month, I kind of feel like it's going to be largely normal, and I'm good. excited about that. Normal I'm is really good. About yeah, normal is good. Because you're right. When you're hearing a voice in your head, and it's not really your voice, but you know you're making that voice, that's very, very disconcerting. It's very. I can only imagine other performers who have gone through this, what they've gone through. I've spoken with a few. Uh, and um, it's it's hard because you're forced to face something that you take for granted. Uh, I, I'll wake up tomorrow morning. I'll know how to use my voice. I'll still be able to do dialects and accents, mm -hmm. sound effects. <laughs> I'll still be able to sing. Well, no, that's not a given. And when you find out that that's not a given, oh, my God, it's so humbling. It completely, how you look at everything. If you're making any improvement, it doesn't matter how slow it is. It's improvement. And if you keep working at it, if you want it bad enough, it'll keep happening. So do you find, because I have found this to be true, that music and theater can serve as therapy, both practical and emotional, would you say that's fairly apt? I mean, does that help you with the, your speech patterns and, and cadence and pronunciation and all? Invaluable. Um, I, I mentioned earlier how reticent I was about going back to the Virginia Fair, maybe taking a year off and coming back the following year, next year. Well, I realized 
that a very important part of my therapy would only exist if I got live performance time. I can do all the other things. I can do the walking exercises. I can do the mobile dexterity exercises. I can, I can, um, uh, do the speech therapy drills, the dialect drills. I, I can do, I can, uh, reteach myself how to hide my stutter, which, yeah, that's another thing that my brain stopped doing was hiding my stutter. That was whole other thing I had to reteach. Oh, no. My no, I did not know that you had a stutter. Yeah, I actually have a really bad one. Um, wow. but, a lifetime of learning how to work around it and uh, learning the synonyms and uh, um, knowing how to say uh, uh, and not make <laughs> it sound like I'm covering up the fact that I stutter. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, I had learned that all over again. And um, I, um, I could do exercises and therapies to address all of these things. But the one thing, I could not make up and emulate was what my brain does in a live performance situation when in front of an audience. I can't simulate that. No way, shape, or form can I simulate that. I have to be in front of an audience. So that changes everything. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, that first that first time up on stage was a real i i honestly did not know if i was going to get up on stage and suddenly not know what to do i i didn't quite understand how this whole thing worked yet so that was a fear that i would get up there and just not be able to do it. Um, you know, because I couldn't think up an opening phrase, uh, a word would not come to me (laughs) or I would just blank on the subject matter. Uh, I would forget all the lyrics I ever learned. Uh, I didn't know. I did not know. It's like when they were, you know, before we, we, we matched the speed of sound. They had a lot of theories about how how you would phase it out of existence in this plane, uh, uh, things like that. Well, I, I for all I knew, uh, I would phase out of existence in this plane. <laughs> I, I didn't know until I did it. Um, I had to deal with with that, but I also knew that I absolutely had to have that experience. And I could feel with every set, I could feel neural pathways re-knitting, reforming. And that's a cool thing, too. That's a really cool thing. When you realize that you have the ability to sense when a neural pathway is rerouted, sometimes if you're paying attention and the situation is right, you can actually feel that happening. You, you're actually perfectly aware of your brain figuring out how to get around the damaged part. And when I realized that I was experiencing that, I paid attention. And 
when I'm working on a therapy and I sense this is happening in my brain while I'm working on the therapy, I just keep doing the thing that caused that stimulus to happen. And I found out that works. That works. It's that simple. It's that simple. Sometimes. 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 Simple. Sometimes. Yeah. I have often wondered if people could, well, not often, but now that listening to you, I wonder if people who have not gone through a stroke can somehow, I don't know, instigate themselves to, I don't know, do these, these sorts of improvements. I know that for me, post COVID fog and like, you know, a couple of years ago, widow's fog just made it so that I felt like my brain was mush and just useless. And I'm starting to come out of it, but I still feel you know, starting a new job and such, I'm just like, I am having to remember so much and it's not working well. (laughs) And I don't know how to get back to, I don't know, to like before all that. So I'm wondering if any any advice there. (laughs) Well, I'm, I'm actually hoping that, you know, let's say this goes through the timeline that, that, uh, that, past experience with other people has shown us that I I go through the 10 to 12 month window and let's say I make my goal of 100% uh, and then that time passes and I'm back to how my brain was. I'm hoping that effects that are more habitual um, and I'd like to think that even if I didn't have this odd mechanical thing happening in my head that's, you know, making all this possible, even if I didn't have that, I'd like to think that maybe there are things that I can affect in my head that would make retaining information, new information, uh, better or easier. Um, so I don't know. Maybe, maybe if you ask me again in December or January, maybe <laughs> I'll go, yep, I figured that out. I fucking figured that out. I'm <laughs> writing a book. Well, um, who, was, who was it that said, um, we were, Heather and I were reading about something, I believe, and it was, um, a neurologist said the reason why your life seems shorter at a specific age is because you're no longer retaining new information. You've been through it all. Yes. So like Uh, the more you go out and do things that you've never done before, the longer your life will feel. Interesting. Right. That's why they say travel is so important. Meeting different people in different cultures, uh, exposing yourself to things like that that are just not, uh, not part of your world. Um, yeah, it, it, there's a lot of truth to be said there. And uh, uh, when you think about the demographic of, of of us and our colleagues being Rennies, we're a varied uh, bunch of folk anyway who who have who have made lifetimes of trying to experience as many unusual and interesting things as possible. Um, and 
what happens when you get jaded from doing that? Yeah. What, what I I don't think I ever will. I, I hope I'm always hungry to experience new people, new cultural things, new uh, new places. Uh, I, I hope I always have that passion. Uh, but what does a person like us do if we lose that passion? Ooh. Heather and myself, and I'm fairly sure everybody at FAIR are – absolutely enthralled to see that you're so loquacious as ever (laughs) thank you thank you um as i said earlier uh doing this without that kind of support it would be nigh on impossible uh knowing that i have the the support I do from this wonderful family that we call our colleagues um, made all of this this uh, rebuilding possible possible completely and utterly um, so I thank each and every one of, of you all of you my my dear friends in this business uh, uh, my dear friends in, in the audience, uh, uh, your support has been invaluable completely and utterly. It, it's the truth. Um, anybody going through this, uh, I would say to anyone who knows anyone going through this, remember that your friend is going through this. And while they might have, a very brave face about it. Um, Remind them of any progress you've seen them do. Remind them, remind them that you know that they have it in them to keep going and to keep getting better. Because, because that the, the support and just knowing that you've got a body, a host of friends pulling for you um, keeps going. It really does. It's all good. It's all good. That's good to know. And I think everyone likes to, to understand that and needs to know that. And I think I can safely say for everybody, we look forward to seeing your performances again. Absolutely. And Thank trust you. me, I'm going to be directing the Queen towards you so we can at least sit down and listen to you again. So, Excellent. Excellent. <clears throat> I'm, well, I'm looking forward to this coming season. Uh, bigger and better. Bigger, bigger and, better. and better. As always. As always. Well, thank you, sir, for joining us. Thank you for having me. You guys are always a delight. (laughs) Thank you. Thanks so much to Brad for your time and priceless experience. We certainly hope that the recovery continues to go well. Thank you. We love you. And we look forward to seeing you out at CRF. We do. Well, our dear spooksters, here we are once again at the end of a show. Mm -hmm. We hoped you enjoyed this episode. It was a a bit of a deviation from our usual creepiness. However, medical things like this 
can be scary in their own right. Yeah, very scary. And I do hope at least some of you found some value in hearing Brad's story. Please check us out at face on our Facebook page and Patreon. Also, please be sure to find Pirates Royale on social media and leave Brad a word of encouragement. If you're in our local vicinity, we hope that you'll come out to the Carolina Renaissance Festival in North Carolina. Indeed. In the meantime, I'm your Carolina girl, Heather. And I'm your Florida man, Tony. Bye, Bye y'all. Yeah, like if I had anything devastating like that happen, I would hope I would be half as good as he is. Indeed. Yeah. He's very inspiring, and I'm so glad to see him well. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely.